The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. I am blonde now. It's weird. It's a change, but we're getting used to it. Um, I did it with the intention of going pink, and now I just kind of like it blonde. So I've got my my bimbo outfit on because mm. I felt like I needed to go with this blonde look. I mean, I'm ready for a, a festival. Yeah, oh God, <laughs> yeah. You look like you're ready for Coachella. I think Coachella is that the one that all of the like. I have like a dream catcher tattoo to the inside of my arm. People go to. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh my goodness. Oh hello. Oh hey. Let's get, oh, let's get ready for Coachella yeah. and like. Tomorrowland and let's drink a lot of drugs and smoke a lot of Molly, right? Smoke Molly. Yeah, we smoke. Do you smoke Molly? You don't drink. We drink the drugs and smoke the Molly. Excellent, excellent. And if any of that was correct, then it was by pure happenstance. So, welcome to Corn on the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Kelly Reed. And we're going to talk about uh, festival disasters, really. Mm -hmm. We titled it Freaky Festivals, but. The freaky part is the horrible things people did at the festival. <laughs> or shit that happened. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> oh, I'm hurt. I'm hearing word right now from chat that Coachella is already canceled. Do you mean they canceled permanently forever or just like this year? I don't know what that is means. Is it like culture canceled? Is it you're culture canceled? To, you're going to have to clarify now. What does canceled mean? <laughs> because somebody told me that skinny jeans were canceled and I was like, by what? company like oh kelly no (laughs) i don't understand i don't understand uh yeah skinny jeans first of all i'm convinced that apparently everyone who gave birth to children past the year 2000 all those kids do not have hips and therefore they do not care if they wear bags for pants I blame everyone, Billie Eilish. <laughs> everyone I know who is like, but I'm curvy, is like, fuck all y'all. I am wearing skinny jeans for fucking life. Mm-hmm. I am not going to be a balloon from the waist down. That, I was literally talking to Hannah about that yesterday. She did my eyebrows and my lashes. Um, but we were talking about it, and she's just like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, yeah. for, for like us curvy women, you it's either... You look like a bumpkin, uh, or you show off your curves. You can do flared jeans, but not that full straight leg big jeans that a lot of early 20s, I guess, I have been, I've noticed them when wearing. That and the tapered pants, which is when it's like kind of loose fitting and then at the ankle, it's like tapered tight. Mm. That's a trend, I believe. I've seen a lot of that 80s. with sweatpants, and I hate it. I like the, okay, I like it with sweatpants if I'm not leaving the house because they're comfortable, but not to wear out. No, this is like jeans, like a jean style that does oh. that. It's, um, and it's like a style from the 80s. A lot of the wrong parts of 80s and 90s are being oh, brought back in the yeah, pants. Yeah, they're just like, you guys look ridiculous. And I'm like, no, we already went through this. You guys <laughs> can figure it out again if you want, but we are here. I have worn so many butterfly clips. I will keep these. Okay, these clips in my hair, the colorful normal clips. I like those. Those are cute. But I've been through so many butterfly clips and so many bedazzled flare jeans in my lifetime that I don't need oh, God. any of that back. Do you I remember bedazzling any- your own jeans? Yes. I bedazzled everything because of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. I remember when I got a cell phone, I like hot glued a shit ton of rhinestones to it. Mm-hmm. I bedazzled my iPod. Mm-hmm. I bedazzled my dog. 
I bedazzled my mom. I bedazzled my television. I bedazzled everything. <laughs> yeah. You're just like gems, gems everywhere. Gems. Yes. I was mm-hmm. like lavish me and cheap rhinestone. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I Festivals. guess the current generation is figuring that out now. Yeah, they're going to, 10 years from now, they'll be like, wow, my outfit is weird from high school because it's, you can't see me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so big. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we're back here for festivals. <laughs> and um, basically, I just thought of this topic because it was on my list of topics to bring up in the future that we have, like, a spreadsheet for. But also, we brought up Firefest last week. Yeah. So, we'll just keep up that trend where we just keep bringing up the next subject. In yeah, the episode in before. the episode where we sidebar, sidebar, sidebar until we get another topic. Um, Of course, uh, since Firefest was in 2017, it's the most recent horrific disastrous event to happen at a festival yeah so i when i started looking it up i was like wait a minute but what other disasters are there i realized we have just we have covered a lot of festival stuff already without meaning to like i covered the one in california that was supposed to be the woodstock of the west oh right um i remember when we talked i remember talking about a couple cringy festival stories on like the revenge episode and then um, I feel like there was, like, one other time we brought up something. Probably during the drugs episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked about actual Woodstock. Yeah. Uh, the drugs episode. So I feel like when I was looking it up, I was like, wait a minute. I actually know a lot about a lot of festivals already. Mm-hmm. But this time, I picked the third and final Woodstock. Oh. The Woodstock of 1999, which, boy, I have some concerns. Gen X, are you guys okay? <laughs> are are you okay? Because, mm. like, I, we were small children in the 90s, and we forgot to realize how, like, disgusting and violent you all were. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I saw a picture from the festival, and I just, like, f- immediate flashbacked to all the things I hated about, like, 99, 2000, 2001 in pop culture, which was, like, shitty men with shitty tattoos and shitty clothes doing shitty things to people and women. Yeah. Like, with the shitty spiked hair in the front. And getting a TV show for it. The tribal tattoos. Yeah, giving a TV show for doing shitty things to shitty people. Mm -hmm. The baggy pants, but with like, oh my god, none of the clothes fit y'all. None of them fit y'all. Even the ones who were preppy, like your your clothes still didn't fit you. But also as I was looking it up, I was like, wow, there's a lot of just random domestic violence in the 90s. What? What happened? Y'all okay? Y'all good? Because all the same people in the 90s who were doing, like, listening to, like, corn and Godsmack and, like, ugh, like, let's start fires just fucking cuz. Probably all have nine to fives now and are, yeah. like, 45, coming up on 50, maybe, yeah. maybe, depending on where you were in your 20s in the mm-hmm. 90s. Man, Y'all mellowed out. Y'all went hard and then you mellowed out. That's what baggy clothes does to people. I guess so. This picture. Oh boy. Look at that. That's of the, the time. The tattoos. The fucking like puka the, shell necklace. The the pants hanging down. The pants hanging down with the boxers showing. I forgot that was like such a thing. But look at this. Oh, and then this bucket hat. Which oh, that's God. back in style, unfortunately. Is it really? Yeah, bucket hats are back in style. This guy... I just, his his shorts. They're very unfortunate. There's, there's a lot happening here. And I'll post this picture to the blog when I finally catch up on the goddamn blog. Sorry. I have th- four links. I need a moment. Most no. of them are from Rolling Stone because who else would cover this? Yeah. I mean, that's right up there, alley. So Woodstock 99 was probably the most aggressive 
festival I have ever read about. Uh, like, when after it, Woodstock. No, no, no. Even after reading about. No, like, like, aggressive. Like, okay. aggression. Half a million people went to Woodstock of 1999, mm-hmm. which is way more than people bought tickets for. Because this is before we had wristbands that had a little chip in it, so people were duplicating wristbands, and so, like, the venue had way more people than accounted for, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, a huge shit show. And the lineup was, like, corn. And Godsmack and like Alanis Morissette and like <laughs> love myself some good Alanis. I was there just in the front for like you had to know, and then I left, left the festival. Oh, I need I need to tell you guys this lineup because I was like, what? Of course, Sugar Ray was there because why the fuck wouldn't Sugar Ray? Oh no 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 no! Sugar Ray canceled because Mark mm. McGrath was sick. That's what it was. Otherwise, you know they would have been up there. So. I don't know if you know Vertical Horizon and the String Cheese incident, but they were there. And then when I'm talking about, like, aggression, I'm talking about, like, Lit, Insane Clown Posse, The Offspring, Corn, Bush, uh, Cheryl Crow. (laughs) (laughs) Cheryl Crow's like, why am I here? (laughs) Yeah, actually. And then we have um, Everclear, Ice Cube, okay, Uh, Kid Rock, which Kid Rock has his own section of this, of being a problem oh god oh he, my he's god been a problem he we got oh dave posse. matthews band people popped off for dave matthews band and i was just like what limb biscuit Radiance machine metallica megadeth willie nelson this is awful but it sounds like my ex's wet dream oh my god yeah it's just like jewel <laughs> <laughs> fucking jewel yeah i would have been there and been like jewel yeah <laughs> Hi. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers also had a moment where people uh, took their the song too literally. So I just try to fucking start with this. So now that you have an idea of the lineup, really aggressive, angry white boy metal. That is what this festival is because they were like, oh, we'll do it's Woodstock of 99. We have to have like music of our time. Well, the music of 1999 was buckshit wild and... Didn't really have a collective sound. It was grungy, it was, angry. It's grungy rock with a couple women in there who are like pretty mellow. Yeah, and, and there's like, some butt rock and then some like folk music. Yeah, oh yeah, a lot of butt rock. Butt rock was born in like 99. Mm-hmm. Thanks Rolling Stones for all of my musical needs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So a big one um, is that people were being super dehydrated and passing out because they were running out of water really quickly. So all the vendors who were selling water bottles upsold it to four dollars, mm. which in today's money is six dollars and fifty cents. Imagine going to a venue and like the only way you can get water is paying like almost ten dollars for it. Yeah. Um, and then the only food they really had was their little, like, personal pan pizzas. And those were $12, which in today's money is $20. Mm-hmm. So people were fucking pissed. Yeah, they're like, I already spent a lot of money to be here to begin with. Yeah. And on top of that, I have to pay. There were fountains that were free, but the lines to those were so long that a lot of people said it wasn't even worth it. On top of that, it's late fucking July, and we're in upstate New York, where it's just hot as balls in the summer, and it's sweaty, it's gross, we don't like it. It's gross. It's gross. There's just hot tarmac everywhere, because a lot of it is where they were was an Air Force base. Mm-hmm. Pretty metal. Basically, imagine, like, an enormous parking lot, and you have to walk, and sometimes between the stages, between two of the stages, it was a mile and a half walk. 
So people were just like trekking and like boiling runways, an upper 80 degree weather, no water, like everyone's just dying. Um, more than 700 people were treated for heat exhaustion and dehydration, which is a lot of people. But then when you think about how there was about half a million people there, woof. So due to this water, the insane clown posse was like, oh, we're going to help you guys. We're going to help you guys out by staying on stage and just throwing out $100 bills. That won't cause chaos. Oh. So people were like piling on top of each other, beating the shit out of each other, just trying Which to grab. Which is what they wanted. You hundred, know that's what they Yeah, grabbing wanted. all these $100 bills and saying clown posse is just like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, woo. People were saying that like, yeah, violence. they were inciting like, you know, the crowd to get like super rowdy and ridiculous and stuff. But they were like, no, we're just helping because the water and pizza is like so overpriced. We're just trying to help. Yeah. And meanwhile, Kid Rock is like, I don't know what this guy thought. Kid Rock is something else. I don't understand this man. He's always been a mess. He's all he's always been a mess. I don't know if it actually was like he was trying to recycle or be like eco-friendly, but he instructed everybody to chuck water bottles at the stage for him to collect. Okay. Which like people are pelting like just water bottles. <laughs> like empty ones or full ones? I think people were doing both, which I'm pretty sure some people, I mean, if I know humanity, which I think I do, I feel like people were probably pissing in water bottles and throwing them. Gross, that sounds yeah. like something someone would do. Some I didn't shit, even think about that. That sounds like something some shithead in 1999 would do. That sounds like something a 22 in 1999 would do. Yeah. With their fucking tribal back Especially tattoos. Especially because if they're low on water, they're probably... And they're low in bathrooms, and too. Uh, then there was, like, this whole constant shout-out of show your tits to every fucking stage. From what people could tell, there was way more dudes at the festival than women. Yeah. Um, not gonna lie, probably due to the lineup that very heavily caters to angry... White men, yeah. Angry suburban white men, boys. And the girls were, I assume, a little bit smarter, and they're like, they're like, I like Alanis Morissette, but I'm going to chill. Like, I'd be like, I like corn, but like, do I really want to go to this? Yeah. Because I would totally go to a corn concert. I do actually really like corn. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Um, so yeah, uh, guys were just like fucking horn dogs everywhere. Men were assaulting women, especially in the places where it got rowdy. Like, they were just grabbing girls and just like, so much sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. And every single time a female was on stage, which luckily and unfortunately, there weren't many female performers. Mm -hmm. um, most of the females on the stages were MCs who introduced the next act right um they would just be like a sea of guys screaming like show your tits take your top off show your tits to the point to where uh this one woman rosie perez as she was introducing dmx she was she's in like spike lee films she's an actress as well as i think a performer like I'm, i know she dances and stuff but uh she was in do the right thing and she's like there's like a topless like sex scene or something in that and so she literally shouted to the crowd just go to blockbuster rent do the right thing like you'll be fine mm -hmm. like if you really want to see my boobs like that fucking badly y'all yeah anyways here's dmx <laughs> <laughs> so with this said the fucking girls who were there were all there for dave matthews band and they all took their tops off for dave matthews band oh to the point where dave matthews stopped and he said, and I quote, there's an abundance of titties. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's uh, just like, I've just got to take a minute. <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? And so I was like, was Dave Matthews hot? And I like didn't know because I don't know what he looks like. So I looked up Dave Matthews, 1999. That's the most average looking motherfucker. I was like, what? But he's famous. I was like, but he's famous, Katie. Of all the people to like take your top off for at a show, Dave Matthews is just not I the mean, one I anticipated. People took their top off for Ted Bundy. So I mean, mm. you really just can't judge at this point. It's a, it's a crazy fucking place. Like He's just a dude, If bro. he was walking down the street, I would be like, that's just a guy. I probably wouldn't even notice him, mm-hmm. honestly. Now or then. Like, right. he just was a guy. That's <laughs> what he looks like. He doesn't have, like, a specific look or anything. I was like, this is... He's just a dude in a band. He's just a dude in a band. And he has a, he has a great voice. And he is a talented musician. Don't get me wrong. But, like, that's not enough for me to be like, let me take my top off. Um, in a sea of other boobs. <laughs> yeah, right? Mine will be different. <laughs> Mine is better than hers. Don't look at her boobs. Look at my boobs. Probably throwing their bras and yeah. shit. Oh, my God. What I are can't, we supposed to do with these? I can't imagine throwing your bra at a fucking Dave Matthews concert. <laughs> I've never been to a Dave Matthews concert. I, unfortunately, grew up in an area where I was surrounded by, like, yo, Dave's in town. Uh, people who are obsessed with, like, R.E.M., which I don't even know who R.E.M. is, I think. My science teacher, like, Darian. Yeah, um, a lot of rich kids I grew up with were like in the dish and like REM, yeah, and uh, like Dave Matthews Band and like whatever you want to call that. Hi, this is Katie, and I'm just interjecting as I'm editing to realize that kids I grew up with were not into REM. They were into OAR. I still don't really know who OAR is, but I just remember hearing about that a lot, so whoops. Hootie and the Blowfish? Yeah, I just feel like, I don't know. I just remember they'd be like, yeah, Dave's in town. I'd be like, he's he's not your friend. You don't know him. Like, why are you calling him, you call him Dave? Why are you calling him Dave? You're not on a first name basis, give, sir. Give him the fucking <laughs> respect. It is Dave Matthews, sir. Band. Oh my God. And, those, and he is going to sing about those ants and they are going to march. <laughs> Something about a space between... I I know two Dave Matthews songs. <laughs> I don't know if I even know one. I know two. If I do, it's by accident, so... It was hard to avoid, honestly, growing up. Like, you kind of had to know some... All right, anyways, so... Americans are just annoying. Like, straight up. Americans are annoying, and they're annoying about, like, being from America, being in America, and they're super weird about people being from literally anywhere else. Yeah. They're just, just fucking There's super like, xenophobic. Things outside of America exist. So when I read about xenophobia happening at this festival, I was like, oh no, there was like some band from like overseas. No, no, no. A Canadian band. A Canadian band named Tragically Hip just decided to do like a little Oh Canada song. Oh no. And no uh, other countries allowed. And meanwhile, I need you to know that this is the same crowd that cheered on and was super excited about Rage Against the Machine, which uh, is a super controversial band. They literally lit an American flag on fire on stage and weren't booed for it. But this one band singing Oh Canada, the entire shithead dude crowd all got together to sing back at them the Star Spangled Banner to cover up the sound of them singing Oh Canada. Oh god. I was like that's just fucking annoying. They're like thank god we're from Canada. And they were like we were just trying to do a thing because we're not from here and like y'all are just being dicks. So I also just thought this was funny because Austin Powers was really big at the time. Like I said the late 90s was a wild time to be alive. Yeah. 
in the early 2000s. I see teens today romanticize it, and I'm like, you don't know the hellscape that was. <laughs> you don't understand. You don't understand. Take your middle part and get out of here. <laughs> Mini-Me from Austin Powers was an MC. <laughs> And I just think that it was kind of funny. That's cute. And weird. I'm into it. But the slotting of the music was really weird. Like, they literally had Counting Crows, Alanis Morissette, and Dave Matthews play in a row, which those three, I would say, go together. Yeah. And then Limp Bizkit on the same stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, uh, okay. There is a crowd surfing issue. There was a lot of breaches to the stage during Alanis Morissette's performance of Ironic with crowd surfing, which I find kind of funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Someone covered Jimi Hendrix's fire, and that's when the crowd took it upon themselves to set everything on fire. And there was just fires everywhere. Just full-fledged fucking fire. Just bo- like I hate to say it, but it sounds like the kind of shit that Brendan would do at a festival. <laughs> just light you shit should, on like, fire? 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 Fire! Just light <laughs> shit on fire! There's so many photos of people lighting shit on fire and fire. Like, you'll see, like, there'll be a picture of someone next to a giant bonfire made up of random crap. Mm-hmm. And you'll see in the distance, like, four more. They're just, they were spreading that shit out. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. This is that, this is the part... Of where it just everything is fully devolved in this moment was mm-hmm. when the Red Hot Chili Peppers performed a cover of Jimi Hendrix's Fire, and it was meant to be as a tribute to Jimi Hendrix's performance of Fire at the original Woodstock Festival. Right. But crowd took it as fire. Let's light everything on fire. Yep. And that's exactly what they did. And the whole place just became like Firefest and like Lord of the Flies <laughs> and people fucking running around and doing all kinds of crazy shit. Security being like, I'm not paid enough for this. Mm-hmm. And like so much. But yeah, no, this, this festival is fucking ridiculous. And I can't wait to post all of the photos because there's so many. Because mm-hmm. luckily 99 digital cameras were invented. Therefore, while it's not live video like Firefest with a smartphone, like there are photos. Yeah. So, and a decent amount. So about the sexual assaults, I just got to that point. I know I mentioned it, but God. So one of the uh, volunteer like security dudes said, at one point, I saw this girl, a very petite girl, maybe 100 pounds, who was body surfing above the crowd and either fell in or was pulled into a circle in the mosh pit. And these gentle, these gentlemen, whatever, um, this is a quote, they probably were in the 25 to 32 age range. They looked as though they were holding her down on the ground. They were holding her arms and you could see that she was struggling to get, get up. And then it became a gang rape during corn set. God. Yeah, it's like, when I say like, what the fuck is wrong with gen x like that is what i mean like like literal gang rapes happened in mosh pits at the woodstock of 99 and i am just like what the actual fuck that's no longer a fun festival oh my god like i just after limp biscuits set one of the mcs uh got on stage and started pleading on the mic they were like please there are hurt people out there they're your brothers and sisters they are under the towers like please help the medical team get to them um we can't continue the show until we get these people out of here we have a really serious situation on our hands yeah it seems like we shouldn't have to say this but yeah stop so of the 44 people arrested at Woodstock, because 44 people were successfully arrested for sexual assault charges, um, only one was actually charged with sexual assault. So only one person. That's insane. <sighs> yeah, it was 
God. And then these other two men cornered a 24-year-old woman from Pittsburgh in a mosh pit, assaulting her with their fingers and um, some type of foreign object. Oh, my God. Uh, shoving it into her uh, before one of them just flat out raped her. God. And, like, that's just fucking... Oh, God. I'm sorry. Reading that makes me really, really upset that, like, it happens. Yeah. So I promptly... I looked, haven't even heard of this. Before. Right? I was like, what the fuck is yeah. this? So I promptly looked up what the fuck is wrong with Gen X in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now I understand why reality TV was what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. All those people are, like fathers now it's fucking disgusting i hate it mm-hmm. or dead they're probably dead i hope they're dead <laughs> <laughs> like we should just kill them all yeah really also creed was there and that's just shitty so i liked creed kelly i can't did. say that i you like can't, creed. you can't say you like i liked creed oh my god and they sang that in that one disney movie that i liked and they were fun they were in a disney movie yeah it was um planet treasure Treasure Planet. They were treasure. Okay, I yeah, like that were. movie, but I didn't know they were. They sang in Planet Treasure, Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is a really good movie. Yes. Um, so how dare you? That's a huge, just pretty much gist of what the fuck happened at Woodstock of 99. A bunch of fire, a bunch of sexual assaults, a bunch of just bullshit. And a bunch of titties at Dave Matthews, apparently. Well, hopefully those titties had a better time. I fucking hope so. But, like, God, I – it's funny. It's like I forgot about, like, that part of, like, 2000, of, like, those shitty guys. Well, the problem is there's always going to be shitty guys. Right, but those had a specific, like, look and vibe in them, I feel like. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. You know? That made them shittier. Yeah, because they were, like, aggressive in groups, and there was more of them. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I think of shitty guys today, we always think of, like – Fuck boys. Mm-hmm. They're not aggressive in groups. They, they fuck with your emotions. Yeah. They don't, like, physically assault you. Which yeah. does, yes, 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 yes. Men absolutely do still physically assault women. I'm not saying there's that. I just feel like I noticed it more okay in culture at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, pop culture, everyday type of thing is what I mean by that. It and, wasn't as openly frowned upon as it is now. Right. And so that's why I am really glad that actually I don't see this vibe and feel and, like, a behavior anymore mm-hmm. or at least not and which is bizarre at least not as much at least not as much which is stupid because i mean i remember unfortunately due to my brother being 10 years older than me he you know had friends who were like of this age group and stuff and some of them were really nice some of them were really shitty so i remember like up close and personal like some of the really nice guys who were just kind of like hey and then some of the ones that were just like aggressively like shitty people and like thought it was okay because like whatever i'm 23 like i can do whatever like, i can do what i want i'm invincible yeah mom mom doesn't say no it's fine or we'll like make black jokes and be like i have a black friend like that yeah kinda. i hate that <laughs> that's, that's so stupid no so i know you have a lot with firefest i do which was there actual fire at firefest what? Was there actual fire at Firefest? Uh, you could say that the whole festival was set ablaze by the people who ran it, but not, no, there were technically not any physical fires at Firefest. When I saw the lineup, I, I knew the exact kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's who these fuckers. And I'm just like, you're all named like Preston <laughs> <laughs> and Chris and... Troy. Trey. Trey was one. Trey. What was up with 20-year-old boys in the 90s being named Trey? I feel like I've only ever met and seen Trey's. Or Trent. 
Trey and Trent's in the 90s. I have never seen them outside of that decade mm-hmm. of my life. Where are Trey's and Trent's? Where did you go? And I don't mean Trent Reznor. We know where he is. It's just one of those generational names like Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> the classic. It's the classic. <laughs> okay, so Firefest. Um, most of what I have is really about how everything went so fucking wrong. There's a lot on this. There's two documentaries. One that's on Hulu that's called, I think it's just Fire Fraud. There's the one on Netflix that we watched, which was like the greatest party that never happened. And then I got most of my my stuff from NBC mm-hmm. um, and some Wikipedia stuff just for what happened to the people there. There's a lot of Twitter videos. So if you're wondering like, oh, it can't be that bad. Go to go, Twitter. Go to Twitter. <laughs> go to Twitter. Hashtag Firefest. Yeah. Just, I remember like seeing an article like the weekend or week it was happening and I was like, oh, it's just a bunch of people stuck on a plane. Like I didn't know the full thing. I thought it like, all I saw was videos of people being stuck on a plane. Yeah. I remember that too. So I was like, oh, boohoo, you're on a fucking plane. Like, like I've, oh, I've had it for you. I've had a 10 over layover. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Or 10 I've over, 10 there. hour, a 10 hour layover. God, I can't talk. <laughs> McFarland, his name is William McFarland. He's the one who put this thing together. He's our age. He's literally 28 or 29 now, currently. So he's our age. Um, so, so in 2017. He was 25. Yeah. But he's like, it's gonna be big. <laughs> so he grew up in New Jersey. His parents ran a real estate company. And then he attended Bucknell University, but dropped out after less than a year. Um, he presented himself as this successful entrepreneur of so many projects and so many companies and shit, um, and saying he's launched multiple high-profile ventures before turning uh, before he turned 25, in- including his baby school days. When baby school days, <laughs> yeah. So apparently, when he was a little baby in school, the girl that he had a crush on broke her crayon. And he charged her a dollar for one of his crayons. And the other kids liked his crayons better. So they all started giving him dollars for his crayons. And he sees this as... And this is his first major success. I'm losing it. <laughs> I so fucking can't. What? So basically he's like a much lower scale version of Trump in my mind. Like I see the comb over and everything. I, he's a Trump wannabe. He's a Trump wannabe, exactly. He just didn't get his... Small donation of a million dollars. Yeah, with yeah, his his family was not quite as successful, but he definitely still had money. I mean, a fake it till you make it can get you pretty far, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to being able to do the job, you should you need to know how you to do to the job. Through. You have to know how to do the job. You can't just fake it the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> at least hire people that do know what they're doing. Anyway. Um, so there's an FBI agent who oversaw the criminal investigation uh, into Fire Festival, and he calls McFarland a serial fraudster, not a serial entrepreneur. He says he launched a series of scams that the government says defrauded over a hundred investors out of twenty six million dollars. So out. this boy's been at it for a while. Wait, that's not for Fire. That's Fest, not it's just Fire just previous scams. Yeah. He so like over time. Over 100 investors and $26 million that this guy has... What has he been doing with it? Because you actually could build something with okay, that money. Okay, well, we're getting there. So this is a 25-year-old who has defrauded $26 million. What are you going to do with it? Well, we'll get there. So before Fire Festival, this part's kind of important. 
So McFarlane had made a name for himself in 2013 by launching a credit card venture, and he called it Magnesius, which uh, it was like an invite-only black card for millennials, um, and it was like a status symbol. Uh, it was just supposed to be like this cool-looking, oh, you're so special because you got invited to have this credit card Like Cloak and Dagger. Promised it would give them exclusive access to parties and VIP events and discounts at posh restaurants, um, you know, special invitations to clubs. Like you could get in with this card um, and the membership fee was just $250 a year. Um, however, turns out that this card was not just, it wasn't just like a standalone credit card. It's not like a Capital One card or American Express or what have you. It just copied the magnetic strip of the original card of like a, like a client's other card and all the charges just went to that other card that they had. So it's literally just like a fake card that's just a status symbol. So the card doesn't act as a credit card or anything? It links to your other credit card. So you don't use it to pay for anything. Oh my you God. You use it to charge your other credit card. It's just... A skin for it's, your credit yeah. card. It's like, oh. A $250 a year skin for your credit card. Yeah. I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> so Just but, paint your credit card black. <laughs> uh, I never really listed how many members um, had this card. So it could have been, uh, I would hope that it's more of a flop than anything else. But a lot of money went into it. There's another, there's a club I went to in LA that does a similar thing. Um, called Cloak and Dagger, mm-hmm. and their whole thing is that, like, you can only get in if you're a member, and you can only be a member if you're invited, and you're invited if someone who has a card invites you, and you show up enough with them as their guest, and then you can get your own card, and then you're all supposed to post, like, a selfie online with the card, and then they, like, repost the picture, I and it's just a black card, and, like, the only, like, Cloak and Dagger was, like, it was a cool goth club, but it recently shut down because the owner was offering uh, memberships if girls slept with him. Yeah. Because he was rapey, and so the whole place was shut down because of it. I've never understood having something just for the status of having something. I mean, the club was kind of cool. I wouldn't say it's worth, like, the trouble to become a member. Yeah. People will go very far just to be like, I'm important. So (laughs) that's basically what this card was supposed to be. And then I guess people got wise to it because um, it it started to stall. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Um, There's just complaints. um, And I mean, obviously, there's complaints coming in from customers. And then once that started happening, once shit started, you know, hitting the fan, McFarlane was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this anymore. Right now, we're going to make Fire Media. <laughs> so it's three years later after the downfall of Magnesius. So 2016, Fire Media happens. McFarlane teams up with Ja Rule, um, who was a pretty popular rapper at the time, I guess, yeah. or used to be. They, they met because Ja Rule thought he was so smart for his Magnesius idea. He just thought this kid was... So fucking cool. And that he had the right stuff and whatever. So, Which is funny because one day ago, TMZ reports Ja Rule completes Harvard business program on entrepreneurship. 
<laughs> he just really wants to live his dreams. Oh my god, yeah. No, more people are reporting on Ja Rule and how uh, this week uh, he shows up entrepreneurship certification from Harvard Business School. All right. Well, shit. He was like, okay, McFarland wasn't the way to go. I'm going to do it myself. I, pre- I like, I could have That already paid for the piece I of paper. I respect it. Well, remember how it was in last year, it was 2019, when it was coming out that all of the famous rich, like, moms and parents were paying oh, yeah, to get their, paying their kids, their kids in a, into special colleges into, and shit. like, Brown and, um... Yale. Like, Yale and all of the Ivy League. Oh, my God. Yeah, I do remember that. I'm sorry, but... I like to think that he was, like... Wow, this is really cool what this kid is doing. He's super smart. And then Fire Festival happened and he was like, Oh, he's not smart. I'm gonna figure out how to do this the right way. That's it, the way I want to imagine. Yeah. That I just whenever I see someone who's famous go to Harvard, I'm just like, oh. So after meeting up with Ja Rule and telling him about his Magnesius adventure and oh my God. Ja Rule is like, wow, so cool. Um, they decide together they brainstorm and come up with this app idea where it's like an app where you can book big musical artists like Ja Rule and Beyonce and Jay-Z. Um, and you can book them from private events with like the touch of a button, which if you watch the Netflix documentary, they go into that a little bit more in detail. And it's actually a pretty cool idea where it's like you can get them for birthday parties. You can connect them to you can connect to their agents. I mean, it'd be a pretty big fucking birthday party. Like $25,000. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be party. an expensive ass birthday party, but it's basically like this you know, for bougie people who can afford it, it was this cool idea. Like the My Super Sweet 16 people. Right, exactly. Is that show still around? I don't know. Hey, MTV or whoever, like, can you let me I know? I mean, if the middle part is coming back, then maybe. So McFarland and Ja Rule decide to promote their new fancy app for these new fancy people. Um, they're going to launch Fire Festival in the Bahamas. And it's going to be like this really cool festival. And the whole thing is going to be hosted by Fire Media, and it's going to promote their new app, and it's going to give them all this traction and stuff without completely thinking this through. It's basically like they got drunk on a plane, and they're like, what if we throw this big festival? Like, this app's going to be massive. And they're like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then they land, and they're like, okay, we're doing it. I'm just going to call investors right now. I haven't thought any of this through, but I'm going to call investors. That's the first step. That's the first step in planning a festival. I don't know how any investor who invested in Magnesius and then it flopped and they're like, we'll do this a second time. Yeah. But I, I mean, you know, whatever. People meet people, meet people. And I'm sure Ja Rule had connections for sure. They start soliciting investors uh, to back the app and the festival. But later on, the investigators that looked into Fire Festival found out that uh, he had made repeated misrepresentations to investors, basically just lied about what it was going to be and what was going to happen and about what their plans were and how, you know, things were going to work and all their vendors and stuff. They basically just bullshitted all of it. They're like, yeah, we have it completely together and this is how it's going to look and this is how it's going to work. And investors were like, oh, okay, it's you have this planned out when in reality they didn't. Oh, my <laughs> um, God. So – He also lied about how much money he had in place to put the festival on um, and told them that Fire Media was already worth at least $90 million, which was not fucking true. It was barely off the ground. And he... Barely a million. And he claimed that he had sold Magnesius for $40 million. So part of that $90 million was the $40 million that came from selling Magnesius, when in reality... He never sold that. Nobody wanted that shit. No one would buy that. Nobody wanted that. So (laughs) he didn't sell it. It was just a lie. 
So right there, there goes 40,000 of your 90,000. McFarland also lied to investors by telling them that they would have the right to a payout should the festival be canceled. So he's just like, look, give me the money. I'll make this incredible festival happen. This, this, and this is going to happen. And just in case, just in case, if you're still on the edge, I'll give you all your money back if it doesn't happen. But there was nothing in writing saying that. There was no cancellation policies whatsoever. So there was nothing there. They're just saying it. They're like, take my word. I'll give you your money back. Like as if that isn't illegal. Yeah. McFarland had grossly underestimated the cost and the time that it would take to organize a fucking music festival. Coachella takes what? How long to put together? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it takes. Like a year? Is it like an every year thing? I don't know, actually. It's a six-day festival, Jesus. Coachella is normally held in April, but planning is done far in advance. In fact, organizers state that they begin booking acts for the next year's festival as early as August. So, let's see if April is the fourth month in August. It's like eight months in advance. Okay. So, they're saying, basically, this is going to be way more luxurious than Coachella. It's going to be bigger, better, better than Burning Man, all this stuff. And we're going to do it. It's between, like... Three to five months that they have to put this together. Three um, to five months. Yeah. And they got warnings from vendors and contractors that it would take over a year to plan and execute this stuff. But he's just like, no, we can do this in a few months. Don't worry about it. But why? Why even take the risk? I don't understand. Impatient much? I, my guess would be that the investors were like, okay, but it has to happen by this time, you know, or we pull out. He just had no idea. He knew how to sell himself, apparently. He was just like this big salesman who knew how to tell people how to believe in him and not necessarily the product that he was selling. Oh, my God. You know, so he got people to buy into this. Um, And he just figured, it's too big to fail, (laughs) which is the most ridiculous quote I have ever heard. It is too big to fail. I guess you don't really hear about giant events being super disastrous all the time. Like, it's true. You really, like, something like Firefest just doesn't really happen ever. And so I see why he might have thought that it would all magically come together due to the fact that so many people are there and invested and there's so much money involved. But that's just not how that's shit just not how that works. works. If you don't know what you're doing, then it just doesn't work. Even though it was a shit show, like, it's kind of impressive how far they took it. That's very true. Honestly. They did not. They never backed out. They never fucking they had, backed out. They're like, know, this is happening, rain or shine. When people needed planes to get there, they had those planes to get there. Did they have the planes to leave? No, but they had the planes to get there. And honestly, that's more than I would have expected from well, this guy. Well, here's the fucking thing, though. Because these tickets are minimum, a minimum, a minimum of $25,000. They're not, I thought it was like 6000 No, there is like, it was 25000 Some people paid up to $100,000 for these packages to go to Firefest. He's just like, hey, got the money. Now everything's going to go into marketing. We're going to take this money that we've gotten and marketing is the biggest part of making this event happen. So that's what we're going to plunge into. So he starts paying off supermodels like, Bella Hadid, uh, Alessandra, or Alessandra Ambrosio from fucking Victoria's Secret. Kendall Jenner makes an in- Instagram post um, for her 100 million po- uh, followers. Anyway, he invites them all out on a private plane to the Bahamas for a promotional photo shoot. And you've seen Bella Hadid in these. She's all over the place. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they're paying her. She's show Yeah. Up. I mean, it, it shows Fire Festival as like this luxury experience. And honestly... The experience was the photo shoot. Like, 
this big promotional video, they did all the things that were in this video. It's like Jaw Rule, this, you know, guy, McFarland guy, all these supermodels. I can't. And help. they're literally just on boats and jet skis and just drinking and doing drugs and swimming with pigs. Like they're having this great time in like this beautiful beachy place, which is like Conway Island, I think, had some ties to the cartel at some point. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, in the months leading up to the Fire Festival, Fire Media paid numerous celebrities and influencers to tout the, vest- the festival on their social media page, including Kendall Jenner. Guess how much she paid for that one Instagram post to reach her 100 million followers? A um, million dollars? Oh, well, that's that's bigger than I thought you would guess. No, it's it's 250000 Keep in mind, this is all money that's supposed to go to the festival. The reason why I said one million is because if it's a hundred million in my mind it's like a dollar per person it reaches right and i'm like that would be like a fraction of like that price of everybody mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars of borrowed money for one instagram post for one instagram picture that that money could have been used for, for the, the festival, festival. <laughs> so it's just insanity so and to top things off a few weeks before fire festival mcfarland's company defaults on a nearly three million dollar loan so they lose three million dollars <laughs> and uh, a potential investment from comcast ventures which was up to 20 million dollars fell through at the last minute and the last minute they basically Comcast Ventures looked into him oh, yeah, and I'm all of his idiot. business ventures, and they're like, "Actually, after looking into you, we're not going to give you twenty million dollars. Like, we're we're going to pass this time. Hit us up if it's a success next year." Um, and they dip. So, like, they should, right? So, there's all of this money that has gone towards the marketing, the celebrities, the mm. all this shit. Um, you remember that $250,000 payment to Kendall Jenner? Okay, so they're left after, you know, these $25,000 tickets, $100,000 tickets, their revenue is $57,000 to put on the most luxurious festival anyone's ever been to. $57,000. $57,000. Not $570,000. Nope, $57,000. To be exact... $57,446 $57,446 is what they made in revenue after the marketing and the Instagram posts. And also, they stiffed the workers right. and the vendors yeah. that were going to be there. They were just like the construction guys, the food vendors. Mm-hmm. They were just like, yeah, we're just not going to be able to pay you. So sorry. obviously, they dipped. And they're like, well, if you're not going to pay us, then we're not going to do this. Like, that's insane i'm shocked that they didn't lie to them until they were done yeah so what happens because of all of this so early in the morning of april 27th which is when this is supposed to begin a heavy rain falls on this island soaks the open tents and mattresses that they just had piled out in the open air because construction stopped they didn't have suitable places for people to stay they were supposed to have these like luxurious tents that were like filled with beautiful beds and candles and like all this stuff they hundred thousand dollar ticket people like had cabins and shit like it was supposed to be so luxury you were gonna have like a home to come back to and like lock your door essentially but instead there are mattresses and open tents that are just all over the muddy ground And it rains and gets all of them soaking wet. 
So first flights from Miami. Okay, they, they land at 6.20 a.m. Uh, that afternoon, like after these people had already landed, Blink-182 comes out and says, we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not going to this festival. We're not playing at this festival. We're not confident that we would have what we need to give you a quality performance based on what we've heard. So we're not going to be there. And it was supposed to be like Blink-182. I'm trying to think of the other ones that were supposed to be there. It was obviously going to be Ja Rule and then there were going to be like other performers there. But What did Ja Rule do? I think he was just kind of like dealing with this fucking blowback with everybody else. So initial arrivals were brought to an impromptu beach party. This is how they manage this. Oh my God. They're like, okay, we can't let them know just how much of a shit show this is. We're not going to take them to the campsite where they're going to be staying with their wet mattresses and their wet tents. Uh, we're going to take them to an impromptu beach party at a beachside restaurant where they're just given a shit ton of alcohol um, and they have to stay at this restaurant and just drink copiously for six hours while people are just frantically trying to get shit together at the festival site. Um, McFarland had had hired hundreds of local workers to help build the site. Meanwhile, organizers had to renegotiate with the guarantees they'd offered to people who would be playing at the festival as costs were just spiraling out of control. Um, Later arrivals were brought directly to the grounds by school bus where they got to see what was really going on. Uh, Their accommodations were little more than scattered disaster relief tents. Um, So they're not fancy tents. They're literally disaster relief tents. From the Bahamas. <laughs> oh my god. For yeah. Their, like hurricane relief. Yeah, they're hurricane relief. Um, they had dirt floors, soaking wet mattresses, the gourmet food. They were promised like sushi and pig, like roasted pig and like all these Hawaiian delicacies and shit. And instead they got cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I'll never forget that photo on Twitter. There's a very famous Firefest photo on Twitter that's on like a little styrofoam box with some bread and a slice of cheese thrown on it. Yeah, it's not like a grilled and like cheese. A piece of lettuce. Yeah. Like for garnish or something. Yeah. It's not like a grilled cheese. It's not a ham sandwich with cheese. It is literally two pieces of bread. And a slice of cheese. With a slice of cheese. <laughs> and it's just slapped in a box. It's just slapped in a box. It's not even like put together. It's just thrown yeah. in there. Festival goers were then dropped off at the production bungalow where McFarland and his team were based. Um, so they were there to get registered. But after hours of just waiting outside, like just basically sitting outside being like, what the fuck is going on? I need my accommodations that I paid for. I paid $100,000 to be here. And now my tent isn't there. There's disaster relief tents over there. I don't have my luggage. What the fuck is going on? So people were waiting there for hours. And then eventually people just gave up and started running for tents because they're like, yeah. we're, we're, we're now realizing that we are not getting what we paid for. And the only thing that we have are these shitty tents and mattresses or nothing in this rain. So people just start rushing oh, to get raining. them. It's raining on this island. There's only about 500 people. That's still not enough tents and beds for the guests. People would steal. People would get into fights. People would, like, sneak in, take their mattresses when they weren't looking. And then attendees were unable to leave the festival for the nearby Sandals Resort as it was peak season, with almost every hotel on this island already fully booked for another event that is happening. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
And then around nightfall, a group of local musicians took the stage and played for a few hours, bless their souls. Um, The only act that was ever to be performed at Fire Festival. What act? It's local musicians. Oh, local musicians. Just got up. They were like, we're going to help. Like the Titanic sinking. (laughs) Yeah. It's literally just like these local Bahamut guys who are just like, you know what? Now's our time to shine. We're just going to put smiles on these wet mattresses' faces. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to jam to our heart's content. And that was... The only music that was ever played at Fire Festival. Oh my god, it's so it's so wholesome. They're just like, they're like, I'm gonna get up with my guitar and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. It's my time time to shine. (laughs) Okay, so in the early morning, it's announced that the festival would be postponed and that they had to return to Miami. All the people who are currently there for the festival are told, "Oh, it's not gonna happen." Sorry you already came here and paid all your money, but it's not happening. So you need to go back to Miami. I'll get to the Miami portion of this in a minute, but there's more problems that went on with this festival that I didn't mention that I feel like I should. So they're baggages, right? Like they're baggages. They're baggages. They're luggage. They're luggages. They're luggages from the plane. The luggage that they landed. The lug baggies. When they landed for this incredible festival and packed all these expensive things, some of these people like sold everything they owned. They used all of their life savings to go to this festival. Why would you do that They were thinking that this is like going to be the once in a lifetime opportunity and shit. And they're going to be the first ones there and they're going to make so much money off of social media. Like all these influencers. They're like, I'm going to be a huge influencer. Oh, the influencers. Yeah. Oh man, no, never doubt a girl with uh, over 10K followers Mm because they... They'll go for it. They'll show up. Yeah. (laughs) They'll show up. And they want to look good in their Firefest vest, so they've spent money on these lovely things that they're going to wear, that they're going to take their Instagram photos with. Um, Oh, my God. But all of their luggage from the plane is thrown into a truck, like a van, essentially, and then people just open the doors to the van and and just just kind of threw a couple bags out. (laughs) And then they just left the doors open and they're like, get your shit. (laughs) So people are scrambling, looking for their stuff. Things are being stolen. It's being mishandled as fuck, all their expensive things. And there's no lights outside when when the trucks show up. So it's literally pitch dark. The van in the back is dark. There's no lights on in the van. They just, the middle of the night, and they're just throwing bags out into the dark beach Telling people to just pick up their stuff who they can't even fucking see what's going on. Like that fucking new haul I rented when I moved. Mm. The light on the inside didn't work. And oh, then that's we, rough. And then when we returned it, it turned on. Oh, no. We were like, what? Like, what, what kind of a cruel world? And the no lighting thing was like a universal problem. Not only was there no lighting to find their stuff, it just wasn't anywhere on the property whatsoever. Oh it's God. an unfinished gravel lot. There was no medical personnel. There was no event staff. There was no cell phone or internet service. They're taking pictures and videos and shit, but they didn't get to post this stuff until later. Yeah, like Lord of the fucking flies, my yeah. guy. There's no portable toilets either. So no running water and no heavy-handed security. So, so there's just, no security, no medical personnel, nowhere to use the bathroom. People just shitting everywhere. No, no event, no like cell phone service anywhere. People are just shitting everywhere, stealing shit. <laughs> Stealing other people's well, stuff. In the ocean. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but it turns out that this beach is five miles away. <laughs> so, Wait, I thought this all 
all was on a beach. No, no, no. They take them to this beach, like, impromptu beach party to distract them. Which and is then five miles away. Yeah, and then eventually they load them onto a school bus, take them five miles to a gravel dark lot, and they're just like, <laughs> you're sure at mattresses and get your shit out of this van. <laughs> like... <laughs> Because they had spent so much money for these tickets, it was promoted as a cashless event. So they're like, don't bring your money. You're not going to need it. Everything's going to be covered. And then they show up and they can't get a taxi to take them to this beach five miles away or to anywhere else for that You don't matter. trust anyone to say don't bring money. Yeah. Ever. Don't ever let. I don't care who the fuck. No cash. Bring it just in case. That's like existing as a human 101, I yeah. feel like. Always make sure you have some form of way to pay for shit when you're somewhere that's not inside of your house. Also, these stranded attendees, they're like, okay, fuck it. This is just so, I like, it's on me at least a little. Just let me go home. Send me to Miami. I get it. Let's, I just want to go home. Like, I'm done. Um, except the Bahamian, I guess, assume that's how it's pronounced, the, the government issues an order that barred any plans, any planes from landing at the airport. So planes aren't coming in anymore. People can't leave. <laughs> There's no way out. They can't get to the Sandals Resort because it's full with another event. They can't get, they have to walk to this beach. But even if they get to this beach, there's nothing there for them. It's just a restaurant and they have no cash. <laughs> All of their shit is just out in this gravel lot and the planes aren't taking off. The first flight back to Miami boarded at 1.30 a.m. on April 28th, but it was delayed for hours due to issues with the flight's manifest. And it was canceled after sunrise. And passengers were locked in the airport terminal, terminal with no access to food or water or air conditioning. Um, at least one person passed out from the heat and had to be hospitalized because they're literally just sitting in this terminal trying to get the fuck home after this Honestly, horrible experience. going to the hospital sounds so much better than sitting in this airport at this yeah. point. I'd be like, oh, I passed out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. I should go to a hospital. So the flight eventually left later that morning and more charter flights to Miami departed throughout the day, finally. Uh, one attendee who was stuck in Miami reported that the pilot of their airplane had told them to get off so they could turn the plane around for immediate departure as they were now serving a, as a rescue aircraft to get people out of the fire fest. Oh my god. They, like, got turned into a emergency situation. Anywho. Because it is. Yeah. So, in the end, Firefest is a huge fucking failure. And McFarland's misrepresentation of fire media ended up costing McFarland's investors, including Ja Rule, more than $26 million. McFarland, who admitted to falsifying documents, including the bank statements that he had shown to investors in order to secure their funds, pleaded guilty in 2018 to three counts of wire fraud, one count of bank fraud, and a charge of making false statements. McFarland actually had to plead guilty twice because prosecutors found that he was operating a fraudulent ticketing scam while out on bail. 
for his initial charges. What the fuck is this guy's problem? He's just got a scam, scam, scam till the day a, he dies. He thinks he's his big mastermind, but yeah. like, buddy. It was a follow-up scam where he offered to sell tickets <laughs> for the Grammys and the Met Gala. He's like, I'm a fancy scalper. <laughs> Basically, how do like, you get tickets to the I Met plead, Gala? I plead guilty to wire fraud and bank statement fraud and a million counts of fraud. Now I'm going to scalp tickets like an honest person <laughs> to the Met Gala and the Grammys. In October 2018, McFarlane was sentenced to six years in prison, and he's ordered to pay more than $26 million in restitution for the investors and customers that he defrauded. Um, he also reached a settlement with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission over fraud charges in July 2018, um, where he agreed to a lifetime ban on ever serving as a director or officer of a public uh, company. So he's not allowed to be in charge of any more companies. He's not to have. He's not allowed to have any kind of authority whatsoever he's in any businesses ever. Really <laughs> not. He's lifetime banned from being an entrepreneur. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Yeah. I mean, good. He should just be in prison. I mean, he was six years. He he still should be. It's, yeah. He, it's, six years hasn't passed yet. Yeah. No. Twenty eighteen. He was sentenced to six years in prison. But did he go? Yeah. Okay. And he also had to make that agreement in twenty eighteen. On top of that. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's a fucking moron. Um, the SEC noted in a statement announcing McFarland's settlement that the Fire Media co-founder used investor funds uh, to bankroll a lavish lifestyle, which is what you were asking about earlier. Mm-hmm. What's all this money going towards? It was living in a Manhattan penthouse, pl- partying with celebrities, traveling by private planes, and being chauffeured in luxury cars. It was just them living their fucking life in this fancy fucking way and that's what all the money went to not the fire fest um meanwhile fire festival attendees have told reporters over the past two years that they this is a 2019 um article by the way um that they have not been able to secure a refund for the tickets that they've purchased um some of them got refunds through their banks and credit card companies that just kind of had pities on their dumb souls they, yeah. they just made dispute charges and they're just like hey this was bullshit please have pity and they're like Fucking mercy. Fine, sure. Jesus Christ. You could have died. Here's your money. $25,000 to $100,000. Yes. At the same time, a $100 million class action lawsuit is filed in May 2017 by ticket holders against the rapper Jaw Rule and Fire Media's chief marketing officer, Grant Margolin. But it got dismissed in 2019 by a federal judge who said the lawsuit did not produce enough evidence to prove those organizers knew the event would be such a fucking disaster. Yeah, I just, that's why I think it's so funny that as of this week, Jarwool has a degree or, no, not a degree, a certificate in business. Oh, a certificate. That's different. He got a certificate um, in business. So at least one separate lawsuit, however, netted a multi-million dollar judgment for two attendees against McFarland. Um, so there's two people who are getting millions back for this insane Look, shit. Sorry, I just went to Ja Rule's Twitter because I'm just curious. Uh-huh. And I just saw this tweet. Book your favorite talent for meet and greets on Icon. He He's made the app. He's still going. Oh, Ja Rule, baby. Yeah. And to follow, just as a follow-up to that, um, in case you're wondering, Ja Rule and other fire, fire media executives never faced any criminal charges stemming from Fire Festival. 
And Draw Rule even said that he himself was scammed by McFarlane and lost a lot of money investing in the venture. So yeah. that is the story of Fire Festival and what a fucking shit show it was. Oh my god, Draw Rule BB. Dumpster Fire Festival is basically what it is. Fucking festivals, my guy, my dude. My I, it makes me, honestly, I'm not going to any festival that isn't reputable as shit and already has it together and has been doing it for years. That's I what I've learned. I have only ever been, I've been to two different festivals my entire life. One, which I probably should not have gone to, was Music Midtown when I was 11. Mm-hmm. In sixth grade. Oh, and um, baby Katie. Yeah, I was there with my family. It was a family event. Oh, which, okay. I don't know if you know anything That's about fine. Music Midtown. It's not a family event. Oh, it's not. It is like not not a family event. Um, so at the time I went when I was eleven, it was the year two thousand and three. So you know those guys I described earlier, all there mm-hmm. <laughs> from like the two thousand nineties tribal tats, ball chain necklaces, all that jazz. I was a little kid. And at one point, I couldn't see because I really wanted to see Jessica Simpson because she Aww. was there. And I was like, I want to see Jessica Simpson. And so my brother was like, I hate Jessica Simpson, but I'll take you. And I was like, okay. And I couldn't see. So he let me be on his shoulders and people threw rocks at my head. Aww. <laughs> and I was a child. And they were just like, get out in front. <laughs> people threw trash and drinks and rocks at me. And I was a literal child oh boy and if that gives you an idea so that was my first experience at a festival <laughs> Yikes! and i got to try a deep fried candy bar so that was a plus oh and then the next one was warp tour which oh, was i've been to warp tour wildly different experience but that's as close as i've really gotten to mu- music festivals once i turned 18 i went to dragon con and was like cons this is it i don't need anything else yeah i was supposed to go to like one of my other outside of Warp Tour, it would be like my next festival. But I was supposed to go with Brenda, and we were I can't remember what the name of the festival was, but the Strokes were going to be there, and there's mm. like some other cool artists that were going to be there. Well, you're due to Warp Tour, and I'm assuming it was in Florida. But oh yeah, yeah, it was definitely it was when I was in high school, so I think it was like 20 2009. Oh my god, we went the same year. 2009. I went in 2009 too. I went in 2008 and 2009, which were pretty good years for Warp Tour, actually. It was where I saw Katy, Katy Perry before she yeah. ever went on the radio. She was. On at 10 a.m. Yeah. I remember seeing yeah. her on the lineup tiny, and being like... Tiny, tiny little 10, stage. 10 a.m. Tiny Katy Perry stage. Never heard of her before. And then she literally sit, was like... There was maybe 25 of us at her little tiny uh, stage. Oh, my God. And she's like... Everybody hold up your, call your ex-boyfriend and hold up your phone and then played You're So Gay. Which is so not okay. Yeah. No, at the time it was hysterical. At the time though, yes, I believe that. Yeah. But, uh. At the time it was appropriate using But using gay as an insult is just so did not age well. Even Taylor Swift got flack for that because when she was 15, she wrote a song that had a line. I like, remember that. I know exactly what I'll tell you. I'll tell your friends that, like, you're gay. All you bitches, when we were 13, don't pretend that you didn't use the word gay like that. I don't pretend. Mm-hmm. We grew up and we got smarter and we learned and we don't do that anymore. We grew. We're less We grew as we're people. We're less ignorant now. But don't pretend that in 2005... You weren't like saying all the all the slurs, yep. all the homophobic slurs. Yep. And because uh, I remember people on uh, back when I used to use Tumblr, 2014, the Taylor years later, they'd had the no hate campaign where they had the duct tape on the celebrities' faces and they put in red ink like 
no like H8 and it was supposed to be like no hate towards the LGBTQ community and people were saying she was a hypocrite because of the one lyric in the one song when she was 15 and I was like you realize that she's like 20 something now and like a lot is a different person years. like you're not your 15 year old self forever like you grow and learn shit like oh my god you should be more concerned if she didn't grow like you yeah honestly if, if she was saying making those same lines and same derogatory jokes now then it would be an issue but like oh yeah to turn it around completely speaking of shitty musicians though not that i'm saying taylor's shitty but i mean like uh marilyn manson oh i heard holy yeah. fucking shit He's i believe it i oh yeah but what's upsetting is i remember articles about him being abusive years ago and just now i feel like it's actually getting traction and i because i remember when evan rachel wood posted about how she was abused by a dude like years ago yeah and didn't put a name i was immediately like oh it's marilyn manson like who the fuck else could anyone remember who she's dated yeah I, we <laughs> have not seen her date also she was 19 and the photos of them were are weird to it look was at. very strange it like even rose mcgowan made more sense to me than Evan oh, Rachel yeah. Wood. Evan Rachel Wood, that was such a weird She was so pairing. young and it was it was so strange. But yeah, the fact that she was like groomed. Oh yeah. It's just like oh it's disgusting. Yeah, that makes more sense. So gross. Yeah. And then Dita Von Teese recently came out with a I don't know if you guys uh know what the, what the fuck we're talking about, but it, it's come to light that Marilyn Manson is a very abusive person in romantic relationships, especially with um Evan Rachel Wood. And now other girls have come out. Yeah, being locked in closets when they're bad and shit. Mm-hmm. Evan, one of the times when Evan Rachel, when she tried to break up with him, he called her like 137 times while he was self-mutilating himself. And he told her that she, he wanted her to see the pain that he felt in her breaking up with him. And he openly talked about that five years ago in an interview mm. where he was like, yeah, I did this brag about it and There's like nothing wrong he with brought it up it wasn't like people accusing him he was like yeah like he had been openly talking about the abuse he had done to people for years and like no one listened. no one batted an eye because they're just like oh it's marilyn manson he's just trying to get shock and it's just like no he's a like no person. he's actually doing this bullshit fucking brian you are he looks brian. Like a scumbag. he's always looked like a scumbag sorry for anybody who liked him he's a shitty person yeah honestly i mean i used to like his music but like it's not that good mm-hmm I'm just glad that people are finally punished for it. Like, he was dropped by his label and, like, agents and everything. It's about so. time. People just, like, facing about consequences. time. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Music by freestockmusic.com. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.